Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, October 24th, 2011, and it's time for 10 Dozen Minutes with Jake and Mr. Skullhead. Um, I'm on the line. Uh, Jake is not. He's around. We'll see if he's uh, sleeping or dreaming or dreaming of me or whatever. Let's give it a shot. Hello there. Why, hello. How you doing, Mr. Skullhead? Oh, I'm doing fine. Are you at the bottom of a well, by any chance? Uh, no. Are you at the bottom of a well? I'm not. Not this time. It, uh, yeah, you sound a little bit wellish. Like uh, if you had been sick and suddenly you're better. I have been drinking a lot of well vodka. Hmm. We're yeah. try connecting again. I don't know what happened. I, uh, I ran Skype and it crashed when I tried to cancel out of the automatic update process. And then it, uh, the next time it ran, it was an entirely different and terrifying version of Skype uh, that I have no idea if it works or not. Huh. The new version of it's Skype is... It's replaced you with a picture. Uh, yeah. It's very blue uh, compared to what it used to look like. Huh. There's a lot of screen being taken up by nothing instead of uh, information. Yeah, that's the new Skype. A lot cool. of white space, very very clean, very uh, pointless. Um, yeah, let me just uh, drop you off and get you back up and see what happened. Okay. All right. Let's give it a second. Just give it a moment. There we go. Hey, how about... Nope, that still sounds pretty terrible. I think we're just going to have to work through it. Huh. Well, that sucks. I don't know what happened. Nothing has changed. Uh, you know, unless uh, unless it is, for whatever reason, using the wrong microphone? Hmm, that could be. Let me, let me try something. Can you still hear me now? I can still hear you. You can. Exactly the same? Yes. Huh. Okay. Am I any louder now? No, just the same. Okay, I think that Skype is, for whatever reason, using the internal mic on my laptop, which I don't even know where it is. Uh, I want to fix this, though. Okay. Um, it's cool that, that Skype doesn't... Uh... Uh, how about now? Hey, that's the you I've come to know and love. Okay, all right. Well, uh, I guess Skype installed a new version of itself and then uh, reset to default audio settings. That's Sorry about a- that. That sounds fantastic now, though. Fuck Skype, man. What the yeah, F? But it, I mean, the, the new version of Skype sucks in interface, but it actually does seem to improve sound quality. Huh. And video quality, we noticed. Oh, cool. Well, when we're, uh, when we're doing a little striptease for each other later, we'll get to enjoy that. Yeah, no more artifacts on our... Uh, well, this is, like a, this is like a 2005 radio show where so far we're just fucking around with audio settings and stuff. How you been, Mr. Skullhead? Taking you back, taking you back. I, uh, so I spent most of yesterday lying down. We went to... Because uh, you spent most of the previous day... Drinking. Bailing hay? Drinking. Drinking heavily. Mm. Yeah, we went up to Duluth, which is about uh, two and a half hours north of here, on the shores of Lake Superior... And spent a long weekend there and went to a wedding. And I drank like nine or ten beers and a couple of mixed drinks and some whiskey. Hmm. Yeah. Uncharacteristic. Were you, uh, were you, were you staying in a yurt or something? (laughs) 
Yeah, we were we were at a hotel that was across the street from the wedding reception. Okay. So it's just that rare combination of things that enable me to drink more than I should. And uh, the bar was serving the beer for free. Oh, so okay. So there, there wasn't that normal limiting function of how much cash I had in my wallet. And and no incentive to buy the cow. Exactly. Uh, who got married? Anyone I know? Uh, it was uh, one of the outliers of our group. I think a, a, a brother of a close friend. Mm, so okay. a guy like... I know the guy. I've, I've seen him around, and we've been to a whole bunch of parties together. But uh, not somebody I usually hang out with. Did you have fun catching up with other people? It was super cool. Yeah. Was there dancing? There was dancing, oh yes. Did you have your baby with you? Uh, nope, uh, Grandma came up with us so that she could watch the baby. So did you drink a lot and then come home and deal with your hangover at home, or did you did you lie down in the hotel all day? Well, we got ourselves a late checkout and lay around until like 11 o'clock and then took a shower and then lay back down because I was kind of sweaty and shaking. And then, like, an hour and a half later, we said, you know what, I'm, I'm feeling okay, I'll get up. So I stood up, and immediately my stomach just dropped to my knees, and then I went and threw up a whole lot. Huh. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't the kind where you throw up and then you feel better. It's the kind where you throw up and then you feel that your body is just waiting for you to eat something else so that it can also throw that up. Mm, okay. So, yeah, until, like, 4 or 5 o'clock, I didn't eat anything or do anything except moan. I had to drive the car because I didn't have my little uh, non-throwing up bands. So Mm. it would have been worse as far as the uh, nausea goes for me to actually sit and let somebody else drive. So I did, I managed to get us home but then, who lord. You know, I wouldn't believe that those pressure point bands actually did anything. Uh, if it wasn't for the testimonial of your father. Because I know your father doesn't believe in anything imaginary. Right. Uh, that was that was needlessly insulting. I'm sorry, Tom. Um, uh, well, that's I've never had the kind of hangover that makes you throw up. That is not a thing that, that uh, hangovers are for me in, in my experience, so far, at least. Um, but I always feel bad, because I imagine that the way I feel when I'm hungover, throwing up would only make it worse. Hmm. Um, we did uh, we did a reasonable amount of drinking ourselves uh, on on this side. We went to BlizzCon this uh, weekend. Yes. Tell me about that. I'm curious. It was um, you know it was fun. Uh, you would probably hate it. Um, I, I don't know if like, I would hate it. It would probably not be as interesting to me for sure. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, you, you know, the, the sitting around hanging out with people you would enjoy, which is which is the the bulk of it, right? Um, what did we do? On we got there on Thursday, and then Thursday night we uh, we hung out with uh, Grayson, who uh, is a is a radio listener. Uh, and uh, hi, hi, Grayson. We had a, we had a couple beers and some dinner. Talked about some KOL card game stuff. Um, and then what did we do? We went and we met up with our buddy Jason, who works at Blizzard. Who um, what, we met through Hot Stuff's high school friends. Like he, this guy had worked for one of the game companies in Colorado that one of the people that Hot Stuff went to high school with worked at, and uh, so met him. And he's the, he's the guy that we got in trouble for uh, looking at stuff on a wall in the Diablo Three section of the Blizzard offices that we weren't right. supposed to be looking at. Um, 
But luckily, that didn't make him hate us to the point where he wouldn't hang out with us in the future. We went to some sort of Irish pub where there was a lot of a lot of noise and a lot of lasers being shined at disco balls. Huh. That doesn't seem Great. like the kind of pub you would enjoy going to. Very Irish. Well, I mean, it looked like an Irish pub, and we, we didn't know where to go, so we just, like, picked this place and went there. Uh, we, we sat outside, to, so we were able to drink beer and talk about video games. Um, pretty hungover on Friday as a result of Thursday. Day. Like, I just got started. We met for dinner at 5, and if I start drinking at 5, I got to really watch it. Or I, my natural pace uh, causes me to not give out before I drink too much beer, sort of. Right. It's like there was never a point where I was just like really, really drunk or, you know, enjoying myself more than usual. But like there was just definitely enough to make me feel like shit the next day. Uh, the next day, which was luckily spent uh, in a lot of really crowded. Um, BlizzCon is weird. It's, it is as dark as Comic-Con is bright inside. Uh, there's a lot of open space. It's in a giant hall that's divided into areas with stages, uh, but not really any rooms. And uh, just you know, lots of uh, lots of crowds. The, there's a there's a smoke machine running in the entire convention hall, pretty much the entire time uh, the convention is going on. So it's just very it's very atmospheric. Um, sat and watched some announcements about various Blizzard products. I uh, spent a surprising amount of time watching competitive StarCraft II being played uh, as though it were a sporting event. And any amount would have been surprising to me because that seems like the kind of thing that I would just never have been at all interested in. Right. But it was weird. I, I think a lot of what made it exciting was being in a crowd full of people that were really excited about it. You know, like it's hard to be watching something and then the whole, you know, something happens and the whole crowd goes, whoa, you know, you, you kind of got to get swept up yeah, in that get in a little there. bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a lot of Korean guys playing StarCraft. They had these sort of soundproof booths so that they uh, their their games wouldn't be spoiled. They wouldn't learn any secrets from listening to the professional StarCraft commentators uh, that were there. And being afforded a measure of celebrity status, like, they, there was a big reaction at the hotel bar on Friday night when the, the commentator guys walked in with their sort of retinue of cameramen and, and hangers-on, because um, they were just being followed around the convention, I guess, in an effort to educate people about the life of a professional StarCraft commentator. They were pretty good. I mean, they, they, they explained things that I wouldn't have understood otherwise. Um, all of the stuff that happened in between the matches, though, like Friday night was weird because it was, I guess, being simulcast on television in Korea. And so they kept doing these things where they would hear from the Korean television station, no, you need to kill time for 20 minutes while we do this other stuff. Um, So there was a a tremendous amount of filler, just people talking about the... And it's not that I'm not interested in these dudes' lives, but they're, they're... pretty much all like 20 and all they do is play starcraft so there's like it, it it's hard to you know they're not like doing a lot of drugs and having a lot of illegitimate children right like the like the typical professional athlete in the u.s so it's hard to talk about those guys in an effort to just fill space spill time spill time fill, yeah i don't know fill faces uh, and then uh, we, we, we hung out with our other friend who works at Blizzard and had a couple meals, uh, ate a steak. Uh, 
played some World of Warcraft instead of watching the Foo Fighters in concert. Huh. You know, I would have gone to see the Foo Fighters. Would you have? Yeah. They're still... Uh, they're one of the few that, like... I have always had just a middling level of respect for them. Like, would, I don't go out of my way to listen to a Foo Fighters song, but if it comes on the radio, I'm happy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I've ever heard a Foo Fighters song that I did that I disliked, and I don't think of them as being one of the bad ones. I mean, I, like, I, I don't know anything about them other than that Dave Grohl is in them, and Dave Grohl seems like a cool guy. Right. You know, I mean, he seems to, like, be good at what he does and be interested in doing stuff, and that's, you know... As far as I'm concerned, that's about all you can ask for. He's a journeyman rocker. He's our, he's like the our generation's Tom Petty, maybe. If Tom Petty isn't our generation's Tom Petty. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I know one guy that would object to that categorization. <laughs> I guess he's uh, the Tom Petty for people who are ten years younger than we are. Okay. Somebody who, like, he's been around making music their whole life. We're stuck in the middle with no Tom Petty. No, we can have Tom Petty as our Tom Petty. Okay. What about Steven Tyler? Can we have Aerosmith as our Tom Petty? I don't know. That was one of the first concerts I ever went to. Was Aerosmith and Collective Soul. Hmm. Cool. Which is a did weird... you let your light shine down? Yeah, I did. That's a weird grouping when you think about it. That's like I don't know if today you went to see like the Foo Fighters and. Some new band that I don't know any new bands. Uh, Grizzly Bear. <laughs> right. I think that was a new band a couple years ago. What are the kids listening to today? If it was like, say, Paul Simon and Bonnie Vare, that would be kind of weird. Okay. The I don't know anything about Bonnie Vare. He did some Is stuff. Is that a with, person or a band? It's a dude, I think. He did some stuff for uh, Kanye West. I know that. Okay. His. Uh, is that a landline telephone? Yeah, th- you should celebrate the landline telephone. That's the way that I take our conference calls. Oh, okay. It should stop ringing any second now. Um, that's like it's like this it's like this call, this Skype call is coming to us from the past. Uh, it, the call is actually coming from inside the house. I guess the call is coming from slightly in the past, just uh, you know, causality and transmission stuff like that. Right. Um, yeah, so like a lot of driving, you know, we drove, drove to LA and then drove back. Um, it was weird. It was weird and foggy, uh, the whole time. Hmm. It was like kind of neat when it got foggy at night and like the, the hotels around the Anaheim convention center, like sort of all you could see was the neon signs sort of piercing the fog. It had a, it had a little bit of a Blade Runner vibe. Huh. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, you know, we mostly just just farted around and hung out with hung out with our buddies. It's uh, you know, it was a it was a convention about some video games. Yep, yep. It's a weird culture there. Like while everybody there, it's it's impossible not to be excited about the announcements and stuff, but then you just know that these people are going back to their rooms to post all over the internet about how terrible all of the announcements were. Huh. And how the company can't ever do anything right. And, and whatever. Um, I bought a sweet Diablo nightlight, uh, which is just a sort of a nightlight with this hideous horned demon face on it, about <laughs> six inches across. Excellent. Uh, I feel like it's a pretty good counterpoint to the blue canary nightlight. It's watching over me to protect me from things like the other nightlight. Right. 
feels like it, well, you need to have like a nightlight war going on. I feel. Yeah. Pretty a good premise for a novel, or like a Pixar movie. Like a children's book. It's a war at the nightlight store. Maybe I'll get one of our uh, KOL calendar people to draw me up the Nightlight Wars book. I'll write that out. Uh, yeah, well, that's that was it. Um, you know, I don't remember. Uh, like, we did we did the radio show on Wednesday, and then Thursday morning, we pretty much got up and went to LA and got back yesterday. I was a little beat. I keep feeling like my my body is threatening to get sick and never quite delivering on the promise. Huh. Last night I was I it took me forever to go to sleep because I was just a little bit like stuffy and I kept like you know when you get like a little bubble of snot like stuck somewhere between your nose and your throat yeah. and you just can't get comfortable and you can't get rid of it. Uh. For me that's usually a precursor of waking up with a cold uh, but it didn't happen. It just was enough to keep me from getting to sleep as early as I would like to have gone to sleep. It's <laughs> a great story, I know. Um, but I'm not sick. I went into work, got a bunch of stuff done. Pretty cool. Uh, made some made some changes to what apparently became a pretty a pretty uh, cumbersome and nearly unusable clan raid log interface. Um, that was one of those things that was written, and it was like okay when we were getting in the initial feedback on it because nobody had done 500 Obopolis runs yet, right? And uh, just slowly turned into like a server crippling uh, UI nightmare. Uh, so that was uh, it. Was it was nice to write some code, uh, do some interface stuff, I guess. Okay. Uh, brush brush off my old chops. Do you brush off your chops? Do you have to brush them off, or do you kind of... What kind of exercises do you do to you make sure your chops are in shape? I mean, chops, I always thought of that as, like, jaws. Is that is that what it is to have the chops for it? I think so. Like, I've only ever heard that talking about trumpet players in the literal sense. Mm-hmm. So the guys who have, you know, just the, the strength in the cheek muscles to be able to make those tones come out. Right. I'm not sure where busting somebody's chops comes in. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. There's a... Oh, oh, Urban Dictionary, of course. That's that's great. Uh, so talking about uh, that, that implies... that The link that this person gives to Urban Dictionary implies that it's talking about chops in the same sense as, like, mutton chops, like sideburns. I don't think that having the sideburns for something is, is a reasonable <laughs> explanation. Unless you're talking about being president 120. 50 years ago? Well, I guess it did take some pretty serious chops to be photographed at least right. 150 years ago. Um, so yeah, I don't know I don't know what you do. If it's sideburns, I think it just takes time to develop the chops. Sure. When I was introduced to the phrase, it was it was the band director in like 6th grade trying to get me to switch from clarinet to tenor sax because they needed a tenor sax player desperately and he said I think you've got the chops for it so if you want to do it let's do it I'm like oh okay chops huh you know my grandpa was a butchered a lot of cattle right he knew about chops maybe it doesn't mean you have the chaps for it oh right right that with that band director knowing uh, knowing him uh, and looking back that <laughs> might have been what he was talking about you've got the chaps for it son or at least I hope you do hmm 
Uh, yeah. I don't remember that guy's name or anything about him other than what he looked like. Maybe his first name was Jeff. You weren't, allowed to, you weren't allowed to know teachers' first names back then. No. Now you, it wasn't like community college. No, you have to call teachers by their first name so you know that they're not, uh, they're not trying to be superior to you and act like they have knowledge that you don't because you're all, mm-hmm. on a, you're all on a quest to discover things together. Yeah, I mean, they're learning as much from you as you are from them. Yeah. It was, you know, it was fun teaching that guy how to play the saxophone. <laughs> um... <clears throat> yeah yeah what were we talking about that we got onto that I don't know do we have to do that again oh proving that yeah d- proving that I still had the chops to write some code exactly. I guess <laughs> no we don't have to I, w- I was honestly trying to figure out what I had been talking about uh, what else did I do today caught up caught up on some old uh, to-do list items gave those uh, leaderboard commendation things which I uh, I don't know man I got stuck worrying that we needed to do those in a more KOL kind of way, and it's not very KOL, but then I thought, you know, only like 30 people are ever going to see these, so it's dumb to get hung up waiting for a funnier idea for what to make these medals out of. Uh-huh. Uh, so you know what? It's just gold, silver, and bronze, and fucking whatever. <laughs> just do it. Um did you do anything interesting since the last show besides that uh, besides that wedding trip? Or did you have any other stories from that you'd like to share? No, uh, I think that pretty much covered it. It was weird to... Like, it's been so long since I've thrown up, like, at least a year or more, that today it was kind of freaking me out that <clears throat> my chest hurt and I couldn't breathe as deeply as I felt like I wanted to. And then I remembered that that's what happens when you wreck your diaphragm throwing up. Hmm. So uh, now I'm on the pill. Good, good. Yeah, that diaphragm's not coming back. I don't remember when the last time I threw up was. Like I have not really even gotten the kind of the kind of like flu or whatever that makes you throw up in in yeah, like. Two years uh, ago, I, Christmas, we had the, the plague that on our house where my whole extended family was here for Christmas and we all ended up throwing up and various and sundry other pyrotechnical gastrointestinal stuff. You know, I wonder if the uh, fact that I constantly have heartburn indicates that there is a an inhospitable level of acidity in my stomach that just eliminates any any pathogen that would uh, that would make me want to throw up. Possibly. Yeah, I don't know. I the times when I remember throwing up from drinking, it wasn't usually because well, I don't know, actually. What I remember happening is, like, staying up too late and smoking too many cigarettes because I was drinking too much, and then starting to cough, and then the coughing turning into throwing up. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, you know, which is pretty unpleasant. You know, I miss cigarettes, but I don't really miss feeling like shit all the time. Yeah. So that's a thing, I guess. I don't mind the, like... For a couple of days when I'm traveling and I buy the pack of cigarettes because, hey, I'm traveling, I can do whatever I want, I enjoy it, and then it's like, ah, I'm smoking twice as many of these as I want to, my sinuses are all fucked up, and yet I continue to do it. I can't wait till I can stop doing this. But I never do until I get home, you know. 
Yeah, that's that's weird. It it surprises me every time I see you do it, and I mean, it is not because like, I, well, I don't know why. I don't know why or why it doesn't surprise me to see you do it. Um, it's it seems like a weird thing. Like I think I would not be able to do that. Like I would not be able to be the guy that only smoked cigarettes on one or two random weekends a year. Right. You know, because it was very, you know, I don't, I, I don't know if I'm in general an all or nothing kind of guy, but I think maybe I am. Right. Same sort of uh, black black and white ethical view, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Feast or famine. <laughs> I mean, Addict I can or abstainer. Anybody who said to me, like, dude, either smoke or don't. If you're such a non-smoker, why do you keep buying packs of cigarettes for con? I don't know that I would have a response. Yeah. It's like, it's something that I know that I can do that... For, like, during the parties, I enjoy it. It's just, I make the mistake of waking up the next morning after the party and smoking one, like, before breakfast. And then I tend to smoke all day. But, you know, I go back home and I don't smoke at all. Except for the hookah. Yeah, we, I mean, you smoke the, the hookah. Do you right. do that every day? Or just, just during the shows? Pretty much every day. I mean, because I feel like that is not... That is not insignificant as a habit. It's not It's not particularly that big of a deal, I don't think, but... If anything, it's a more manageable habit. I think instead of spending five to ten minutes out of every hour smoking, I spend one hour and a half to two hour block. Yeah. And I feel like it certainly doesn't, like... In a lot of ways, I think the fact that it doesn't make you feel as bad as smoking five cigarettes would means that it's probably not doing as much damage as smoking five cigarettes would. Right. You know? Uh, I've been on this weird, like, not smoking cigars kick because I, I keep feeling like I'm in the process of getting sick and I keep not quite getting there. But I keep having that, like, I'll think, oh, should I go smoke a cigar? And then I'll think, no, because this is one of those times that if I smoke a cigar... I'm going to be feeling it in my throat and sinuses for the rest of the day and it'll probably contribute to me getting sick hmm. so I don't do it but then I never quite get sick and so it just has ended up being this weird like I've had one one little cigar in the last like two weeks huh. so I, I don't know you know I mean I, like I was getting a little worried because I was like man I'm starting to smoke a lot of these uh, you know and it was like it, like I always start to get nervous when I see that turning into a habit instead of like a hobby you know i mean it's it's douchey to describe cigar smoking as a hobby anyway right you know uh, but but like if i if i start to feel like there's a danger of me becoming kind of dependent on it then i'll usually step back and i didn't think that was what was happening here because i'm usually pretty conscious of it when i do that but maybe that is what was happening here right so i don't know what are you going to do, man? Drugs are great. Yeah, they are. You know, and the ones that are legal, they're the only ones that you can do. Yeah, I mean, who would ever? Ever at all. I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it helps that the data on hookah smoking is kind of inconclusive at best. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't know. I never really had it in mind to not smoke anything ever. I just didn't like having to, having like having something I had to do at a certain time every day was kind of disrupting. Yeah. 
Over the weekend, I tend to not smoke at all. That doesn't bother me. And I'll go a week or two without the hookah. Yeah. It's, like, I could imagine... I am I am tempted a lot of times to set up a situation where I can smoke a cigar and be at a computer so that I could work while I'm doing it. You know, because otherwise, it's like... I end up losing a couple hours a day to just, like, sitting outside, which it's not like it's a couple hours of, like, valuable contemplative time the way that it used to be. It's like a couple hours of iPhone games, you know, um, which is a, which is a secondary problem. But I've, I'm a little worried, like, during the times, like, when I was uh, when I was living with Jamin in the early days of KOL and we were smoking inside, mm-hmm. like, if I can smoke while I'm working, I just never stop smoking. Yeah. You know, because it, it'll just go away. It's like when I when I when I lived with that girl and we we smoked in the house when we were living up in Prescott. When I could like smoke while I was playing video games, like smoking and playing games on the computer meant that I smoked four times as much as if I had to take breaks from playing video games to go smoke a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. that uh, the one shitty apartment that I lived in that I let myself smoke in the computer room, but only in the computer room. That was, I went from half a pack a day to half a pack during the day, and then the other half of the pack, and maybe a little bit more sitting and chatting on KOL. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Smoke, you know. Don't do it, kids. Well, you know, like, smoking a couple cigarettes a day, pretty negligible health risks. Yeah, the tricky thing is doing that, right? Yeah. If you, but... Like, if you have the willpower to smoke a couple of cigarettes a day, you also have the willpower to not. Well, Unless you just sure. Really but, I mean, there's no reason. Them. Like, I don't... Th- I, like, I feel like it is... It, I, I am always going to react pretty strongly against the, like, total demonization of tobacco that a lot of people feel very comfortable with. You know? Like, it's... It's kind of a nice drug, and used in moderation, it's really not that big of a deal, right? It's, it's certainly certainly nothing to get all sanctimonious about. It is very easy for it to get out of control. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think the weird thing is, like, unlike, say, heroin, where getting out of control means next month you're, you're robbing convenience stores to pay for your habit, getting out of control means... It's like sort of costing you a lot on an ongoing basis, and maybe you die five years earlier. Right. Right. So it's like it's a, it's a very insidious thing that makes it older, easier you know. to get out of control. Like, Say maybe, that again. Maybe you die thirty years older or younger, though, is the thing. Well, maybe. I mean, from from everything that I've seen, there is like somebody who smokes a pack of cigarettes a day from the time they're a teenager until they die has a one in six chance of dying from a tobacco-related illness, right? So, like, even the person who you would think would be the poster child for the negative effects of this, probably not going to die because of it. You know, and that is super significant, and it is a good enough reason to not do it, right? Anything else that had a one-sixth chance of killing you within your lifetime, you probably wouldn't do it. You know, and the the fact that it's like this, this crazy addictive drug... And, you know, it's expensive and longer. But I don't know. You know, like, I would absolutely not vote to make cigarettes illegal. No. Right? But I wouldn't so, vote to make any any drug, including the ones that are illegal now, illegal. So I'm not the guy to ask about that. You want to legalize PCP. 
Yeah. Legalize uh, uh, X stepped on with cough syrup and baby laxative. Mm. Yeah. That's a good night. Baby laxative? Yeah, you just like, you shit out all the babies you've eaten in the last six months. It's great. It's like getting a colonic, but only for the babies. That would be terrifying. Yeah, really would be because I, I was like, one thing I don't want staring me in the face is the number of babies I've eaten in the last six months. And the other thing is, what if I don't remember eating any babies, but some still come out? Oh yeah, that's gonna be rough. That's not the way you want to explain that about to the missus. Yeah, honestly, I don't remember it at all. <clears throat> Do you want to uh, you want to get into this forum thread and read some yep. Kingdom of Loathing questions? Hey, does the pretentious artist listen to the show? I don't think so. Okay, so you can burp into the microphone with impunity. Yep. I'm still like, he was so serious when he said that. He, like, I really enjoy listening to your show, but sometimes you, you burp into the microphone and it, it's, it's just a, uh, this weird, like, intimate thing that I really don't like. And I don't know. Any, yeah. Anybody who is so serious about something, you just have to make fun of them a little bit. He's such a nice guy that it's difficult for him to be... It's difficult for him to level even totally reasonable criticisms at anything. Right. Uh, you know, it's... Eh, I don't know. Um, Raiden Gray writes, So I had a thought, and I figured I would start a thread of it. Jick, why does the outfit from the new dungeon give sleaze spell damage if one of the outfit pieces makes all spells spooky? That is a good catch. I didn't notice that I had done that, so I just took the sleaze and added it into the spooky bonus <laughs> on that outfit. That said, great job on the dungeon. Love the new content. Well, gosh, thanks, Raiden Gray. Um, it's a little bit of a uh, little bit of complaining to the contrary. Uh, seems to be going over pretty well. People seem I, to like it. Yeah, I have trouble with that uh, that complaint thread. I've almost posted in it several times, but there's no point. The one, the one about the radio show comments. There's, I think or there's which? one that's just like arguing whether or not there should be like whether or not it's oh, what was the word like cumbersome or something to have or burdensome to have a limited time dungeon like this because it's gonna you have to put out a whole bunch of effort to get all the stuff and should we make people go through that and yeah I mean it, it is it is a fair debate. I think I think that we're on the right side of it, certainly, or I wouldn't do the, the stuff that we do, right? But okay. it it is, it, I guess, a fair thing to complain about, right? Like, we've always gone out of our way to make holiday content accessible to everyone by, you know, like sort of inventing scaling monsters so that everyone would be able to fight in the holiday zone so you wouldn't be left out if you happen to be low level or whatever, Right. Um, and, I, and I guess it is in some ways Elf uh, Alley was the first thing that we did that wasn't for everyone that was just on its face like alright this is a thing that not everybody is going to be able to do because not everybody wants to talk to anyone else in order to play and you kind of need to if you aren't you know if you're not meat wealthy or whatever um, 
you know, you still could. So anybody who was really concerned about it was still going to be able to get in there and get all the stuff. And, that, you know, that made it acceptable. And, I mean, the reason that I decided to do this Halloween one is because Elf Alley was super, super popular. And everybody was like, hey, you know, maybe not everybody. It's dangerous to make statements like that. People were like, oh, that was great. You should do more stuff like that. We were like, okay, we'll do that. <laughs> yep. And, you know, like, it was... I don't know that it's fair to say it was either this or nothing, because that's probably not true. I mean, we didn't have any plans. This was the idea that I had, and so this is what we ended up doing, right? Like, if I hadn't if I hadn't proposed this and laid the groundwork for it, I don't think that there would have been some Crimbo-style Halloween event that, that took place instead of this. Right. So it, it is weird. I mean, and people, you know... What I don't like about the the forum discussion about this stuff is that it, it it very quickly devolves into this like, do you have the right to complain? <laughs> argument. It is like, do you have the right to argue that I don't have the right to complain? What gives you the right to argue that I don't have the right to complain? Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah, looking at the thread, I see the word technically a lot now. So it's gotten into the, like, like five-sixths is technically a fraction, but your use of the word implies you think it would be something like one-sixth. Like, now we're getting to the really tedious part where even, you know, calling out somebody for saying I could care less. And now we're getting to the part where the arguments have all been made and they're just kind of nitpicking each other to death. Yeah. And it's, you know, all you can say about it, like, you you did the right thing posting, like, actually my position on this is this the original poster didn't quite get that right and just not addressing the like what screams inside my head which is if you think it's burdensome don't fucking do it it's optional content if you're not into that then fine but don't bitch at me that you're not getting the rewards yeah but you know that when you say that you are not speaking a language that the people who are going to complain about this are speaking you know it, it, it it's like it's like dealing with your your crazy ex-girlfriend like why won't you just listen to reason well because reason doesn't mean anything to me <laughs> that is why right right so i mean it, it, the the like you don't have to do this immediately immediately gets responded to well i mean technically this is a video game you don't have to do anything except die and pay taxes you know like okay and then i say i'm taxed enough already yeah uh, Betrayer says, wow, early question thread. Can we get a gallon of PVP and links to a Whitest Kids You Know uh, gallon of PCP uh, skit? That was pretty funny. How do you feel about the Whitest Kids You Know? Do you like them? I feel like I haven't seen anything yeah. of them. There's a couple seasons of it on Netflix. Hmm. It's it's hit and miss, and you you know it's one of those things that you might hate. It's, it's one of those things that skirts this sort of level of tastefulness that I am... It may be just over your threshold of sort of level of discourse, but yeah, it's worth checking out hmm. if you if you haven't rage quit Netflix streaming. No. Pat McGrath says Quickster, but uh, yeah, <laughs> Quickster well, quit me. Such a stupid name. Pat McCrotch says minor profile EP suggestion. Player has his or her name commemorated on X plaques in the museum. That would be rough uh, because a lot of the plaques in the museum are just text dumps of old queries that can't be run anymore because we're not storing data from old temporary events. Um, 
I still, I was uh, doing a backup on my desktop machine today, and before I did that, I wanted to spend some time accidentally deleting everything. Um, I, I just sort of cleaned up the directory and filed a bunch of stuff away. And uh, I found a thing where I had made a list of all of the, like every unique entry in the permaflags table so that I could go through it, actually so that I could give it to Hot Stuff and have him go through it and try and figure out like what things we should have done museum leaderboards for in the last like four years or however long it's been since we made a museum leaderboard. Huh. Um, and you know, what, what other things should show up and other accomplishments or whatever. And that, that got me thinking, yep, I should do that. But man, is that shit boring. Uh, so, <laughs> who knows when it will actually happen. Mr. Adventurer says, Power that be, when it comes to the traveling trader, is there a hard cap for the amount of twinkly wads in the kingdom that makes the powers that be come up with new items to come for the traveling trader? If not, what criteria do you guys go through before deciding whether to, or when to make the traveling trader open to the public? Well, the idea, starting at the beginning of last year, was that we would always have a bunch of items in the, in the hopper so that whenever it had... Whenever we saw it, it's like, well... There are a lot of projects that are a month away from being complete and nothing that's like a week away from being complete. And, you know, it's like been a while since there was an item of the month or whatever. And this would be a good like interstitial content update uh, that we could just pull one. You know, the ideal situation being like every three weeks or, or whatever. Um, we didn't want to do it on a predictable interval, and then we did it pretty well for the first part of that year, and then there were a handful of things left that we just didn't ever end up releasing. So now, what was it? Like, C.D. Moyer did the last little bits of that uh, kit, the potion kit thing, while we were in Mount Rainier, because that was going to be a while where nothing happened. And uh, that had been done since January of 2010. Um, drawn and everything. Um... I, I I always am under the impression that everything that's left still needs a bunch of work, but I think maybe that's just not true. I think maybe there are still two or three unreleased traveling trader items that we just haven't put out yet. It is it is certainly not because we're paying attention to how much twinkly wads cost or how many of them there are, right? Uh, because we're not paying a goddamn bit of attention to that. Like it kind of doesn't matter because the the overwhelming majority of the twinkly wads that get spent on the traveling trader in a given visit are made during the time when the trader is there. Like it doesn't clear the wads out of the mall. It just clears cheap gear out of the mall. Um, which I, I feel like that's a, that's a much trickier to generalize economic barometer than how much do twinkly wads cost right now. Right. Uh, Darkblade, it says, I would love to see, though I'm pretty sure we'd never, a second kingdom. Maybe Naughty Sorceress aligned in the council members of the bosses. Uh, the last boss can be Invader King Ralph, and like the one in Nagamar, you could craft a wand of imprisonment. Uh, but yeah, hundreds of new zones and six new classes. Lul. I can dream, though, right? If you guys had a team of 100 people or some other insane number, would this be something you would ever pursue? <sighs> That's a good question. Do, do you think that we don't do... Uh, <sighs> I don't necessarily feel like it is ever, strictly speaking, lack of manpower that stops us from getting stuff done. Um, I think I am a huge conceptual bottleneck, and I do wish there were multiple CD Moyers, but like, we don't... 
I don't think we would want to put out straight up content much faster than we can create it if that's all we're doing. I might be wrong about that. Maybe we would want to. Maybe if there were a hundred people. I don't know. If there were a hundred people, I would just be twenty times as stressed out trying to manage them. Yeah, I, I, think have a, a, I think I'm kind of a control freak. Yeah, what you need is like a fifty clones of you and fifty clones of CD Moyer. Um, Although the, all of the U's would get kind of crazy managing each other. Yeah, we'd fight a lot, I think. It, it would be, it, it is very difficult for me to imagine having my sort of internal dialogue. Because it is an internal dialogue. It's not really a monologue. Uh, right. It's hard for me to imagine having that with an actual other human being. Um, uh, I don't know, like, is it worth, would it be worth our time to spend like six months Working on nothing but items of the month and KOL two, or would it? Not? Because that I, would mean I, like a long period of gestation where you know nothing's moving in the game. That people. I are don't know. Playing. Yeah, you know, it, like I feel like at some point, when KOL is no longer paying the bills, that's a question we're going to have to ask, right? right? It's like, what do we do with the time that we see that we have left here? I think it would be a mistake to... I think it would be a mistake to step too far away from this now to work on something else. And, you know, that's something that I kind of struggle with with Word Realms, right? And that's part of what's making that take for fucking ever and be really frustrating is because I, I feel a, a very large responsibility to the player base of KOL to keep improving things and making new stuff for them. Right. Right. Um, you know, like I feel like 10 years from now, if, if this is all, if this is all just, you know, faded away into, into obscurity, we could probably then decide to sit down for six months and work on something, you know, just some more modernized use of the IP. And, and, and come up with something then, you know? I mean, it's the thing that I think about a lot, but a lot of it is, like, just, you know, fantasizing about, like, having having a chance to start over again with what I know now, you know? And it's, like, not... It's very seductive, but I don't think... I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like the right thing to do, or, or, or I would have suggested that we do it. Right. You know? I don't know. Uh, you know, it might be harder than we think it would be, because it seems, you know, as as a as a theoretical idea, just sitting down, making a new game with the you know with with the skills that we have now that we didn't have when we made this one seems like it'd just be trivial, right? We would just crank that shit out, but like maybe not. Maybe it would be, maybe it would be harder to give birth to that thing as a whole than we think. I don't know that a team of a hundred people would help with it. I think. This this and anything that we would be comfortable working on is always going to be kind of small team scale projects. Hmm. You know, I, I like maybe maybe twenty years from now, I'm I'm working on some AAA game for the PlayStation Six or whatever, but I doubt it. Um, hundreds of new zones and six new classes might be fun, though. Sure, yeah, sure, let's do it. That'll be the November item of the month. Yep. A hundred new zones and six new classes. Lol. 
Uh, yeah, Blister Guy says, I'm pretty sure the only criteria for the traveling trader showing up is do we have a cool idea? Yes, traveling trader. No, no traveling trader. Yeah. It we it is it is a little trickier to come up with traveling trader items than it is a lot of other stuff because it needs to be something that is like you know, we, we have the typical drive to out clever ourselves and having to do so in the scope of a single item. It's like uh, it's harder to come up you know, when the sky is the limit, it ends up being very hard to like build something under the sky, you know? Yeah. Um, Casey Wiederman writes, I'll try this again. Hiya, Scully. Nice apropos of nothing reference in the new content. For Jake, that's apropos of nothing. Vaginal Blood Farts other podcast. What was the apropos of nothing reference in the new content? Oh, their uh, tagline is buckle up for the sex. So in one of the vampire encounters, she blah, 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 and then apropos of nothing bites your neck. So I stuck buckle up for the sex in parentheses after apropos of nothing. But okay. For the kids. I guess they did a little find the reference contest on their show and somebody found it and got a prize and so that was cool. It made them as happy as I was hoping it would make them. Oh, good. Uh, next question. Dear Jake, I can't stand getting attacked by people with stupid names. Please fix PvP. You can't yeah. fix stupid. What there's no such thing as a stupid name, only a stupid answer. <laughs> I was just oh. saying, he's asking us to fix people having stupid names, and I don't think that that's possible. Yeah. Uh, Point Narf says, are there any plans for a special event on 11-11-11? Boy, there were until I realized that that's like three weeks from now. <laughs> right. So, I don't know. There's also a wedding in Columbus, and yeah, things. things are happening. Huh. Dead Ned has a cool uh, forum avatar. I don't know if that's like a cake. Oh yeah, a skull cake. Neat. Uh, Myth Captor says, have you ever thought about an item of the month shirt? The most optimal pull, bleh, the most optimal pull for the shirt slot is the flaming pink shirt, which is not amazing. Um, I've always been resistant to do an item of the month shirt because at any given point, something like 12% of the player base can equip a shirt. And so, like, just just extrapolating what we know about gear versus items of the month that can be used in hardcore, I think that, like, no one would buy it if we did that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem figuring out a way to work a better Mr. Shirt into an existing Mr. Store item, but it would have to be something that was fun and usable for people who didn't have shirts. Um, for for that to be for that to be what it is. So like more I mean, some part of a foldable than a standalone. Yeah, I and I mean the, the, the thing with it being part of a foldable is that any given part of a foldable is not going to be good. It's not going to be as good as an item of the month. And I think there's a lot of people who would like to have a shirt that was as good as an item of the month. You know, that was just pants or a hat or whatever. Sure. And we could we could do it if it was a secondary form of a thing that just existed for fun or whatever, but it, it's like, uh, we would not make an item of the month that only seal clubbers could equip, for instance. And making an item of the month that only people with torso awareness can equip is, is, is tantamount to doing that only with half the audience. Right. You know, so. That's why, no. Takenoko says, oh man, you guys added Ecto Cooler to the game, but it's not a food, so I can't feed it to the gluttonous green ghost. Why? You can give it to the spirit, hobo. Yeah. 
Um, it also would I seem don't... weird feeding Ecto Cooler to Slimer. I mean, that's that I don't really like... know anything about Ecto Cooler. Was it like a high? Was it a high C flavor? Yeah. It tastes. Does it also do a like... Kool Aid? I think it was just high C. It came back under another name after a while. It it was a kind of like a limeade with a certain chemical je ne sais quoi. I must have just missed that period of time. I my parents were not usually thrilled about getting that kind of like that my mom would pretty much buy me whatever cereal I wanted, you know, regardless of me obviously picking it based on the prize rather than what I liked. Um, but it was hard, like juice boxes and stuff were always a hard sell. Anything that like my parents were usually unwilling to buy something that they wouldn't drink. And so like, it was like just sort of regular soda or gin right. <laughs> is what I got to drink when I was a kid. Um, Dry Hat says, regarding the Mr. Store combat skill thing you've been talking about, well, why not make a fourth type of book for the mystical bookshelf? Then you could memorize a single use of the skill, Vancian style, a given number of times a day. Seems like the simplest way of making a bookshelf like limitation on combat skills is to use the bookshelf that already exists. Yeah, I don't know if that's... I don't know if that's the simplest. Because that's still an extra step, right? Uh, also, what is Vancian? Do you have any idea what Vancian is? I do not. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. Vancian magic trope as used in popular culture. Um, functional rules. Magical effects are packaged into distinct spells. Each spell has one fixed. Each spell has one fixed purpose. A spell that throws a ball of fire at an enemy just throws balls of fire and generally cannot be turned down to light a cigarette, for instance. Uh, they represent a kind of magic bomb which must be prepared in advance of actual use, and each one can only be used once before needing to be prepared again. Uh, magicians have a finite capacity of prepared spells, which is the de facto measure of their skill and or power as magicians. A wizard using magic for combat is thus something like a living gun. He must be loaded with spells beforehand and can run out of magical ammo. Huh. huh. What are, who is this named after? Jack Vance, the supremely gifted, though uh, obscure writer of exotic sci-fi and fantasy. Vance and magic uh, first appears in This Dying Earth, or The Dying Earth, and then I see. So that's where Gygax and Arneson got the idea for the way magic users worked, and, uh, okay. Hey, I learned something today, Mr. Skullhead. So did I. I learned about Vancian magic. Uh, yeah, that was, that was it. Um, I don't know. Uh, C.D. Moyer, uh, proposed in Dev the other day, if we did Mr. Combat skills, uh, make them skills that can only be done on the first round of combat. So that way you can't ever use more than one in a fight. And you have to pick one, but it's not like you have to prepare one or whatever. Um, eh, you know, maybe maybe that's what we'll try for experiment month next year. I don't remember which month is experiment month. May. March? May? Yeah. As I thought in, May was the... Oh, March is Alice in Wonderland month. May as in May 5-8. May 5-8? May 5-8. May fly bait. Okay. May fly bait. No, as in May, like, like May 8th, which is when the item of the month comes out. May fly This month's experiment is to uh, release this item of the month an entire week late. <laughs> uh, you want to take a little uh, music break? Sounds good. Uh, yeah, we'll take uh, our standard, standard 15, okay, for you? Sure. Yeah, all right. We'll be back in just about that amount of time. And we're back. Already? 
Already. Alright, How alright. was your break? I uh, went to see my wife. I've only seen her for like an hour today, so... Caught up a little bit. Cool. She's, uh, she's just working her ass off at the student teaching thing. She got any good stories? No, just uh, endless lesson planning and freaking out. The uh, I went into their class, actually, at the beginning of last week to do... Uh, presentation because they're going to have to do a little comic book as a project mm-hmm. so I talked about how to write a comic book script and how to turn that into drawings and how to lay out panels and shit it was kind of interesting just a completely different breed of human than the people I'm familiar with are these kids because they're kids or because they're like little assholes it's just it is amazing how impossible it is to get them to put away their phones like I think she spent a good 20 minutes out of the time just put away your phones you know you're not allowed to use your phones put them away put them away okay I'm taking that guy's phone because he won't put it away now three other kids have their phones out but uh yeah just kind of constantly connected and constantly doing other shit and multitasking and not really paying attention. Huh. And they and they didn't come off as a particularly bad class. Like I think that many of them would have been able to summarize what I told them. Just yeah. Paying attention looks different now. Huh. And I I was kind of prepared because I've spent a lot of time talking to you in the past 5 years. So, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> all of our uh, discussions in person. Uh, all of my talking to people who have iPhones has prepared me a little bit for this strange new world. Yeah. Do you feel like I haven't been listening to you the entire time? For a little bit I did, and then I had to... I just realized that... Uh, no, I'm listening to you and are. masturbating to hot, hot lesbian porn on a small screen. Exactly. I was surprised to find that there is an app for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw this guy wearing a shirt at BlizzCon that said, I have an app for that, and then there were a bunch of icons on a fake uh, picture of an iPhone, and one of them was just boobs. Huh. Which I don't really understand what that was saying. Was he saying that he has the boobs? Yeah, like, I have an app for boobs. Like, appetite? Maybe there were things that he had an appetite for. One of them was destruction. Someone should do a one that just has like an adorable sleeping kitten on it, and it says, "I have a nap for that." Ha. <laughs> uh, uh. Oh. Wax says, "Hey, Jake, I just overdrank intentionally, but then I realized I could no longer help." I'm sorry. I'm, Wait, what happened? I'm laughing about your shirt idea. <laughs> um. I uh, that's that's pretty cute. I want you to know that I'm wearing this shirt ironically. Yeah. Uh, I just overdrank intentionally, but then realized I could no longer help a clanmate out in the new clan dungeon. Have you considered adding a finger and mouth button to undo the previous item of food slash booze you consumed? That's tasteless. Uh, we would never make insensitive jokes about bulimia. Trust me, it so we, tastes terrible. We we totally wouldn't uh, actually make tasteless jokes about bulimia. You know, the weird thing is I've, in the past couple of weeks, I've had two 
really vivid dreams about vomiting. Really? Yeah, one of them involved like throwing up a piece of my intestine and trying to figure out how that was even possible and how fucked I was. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that sucks. And I was like, it's weird I'm having these dreams. Why I haven't vomited in forever. Like, oh, but I'm about to. Hopefully I'll start dreaming about getting blowjobs. I had a really, uh, I had a really complicated dream that I sort of remember and sort of d- don't remember that I explained to Hot Stuff when I woke up in the hotel room on the last day of BlizzCon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it involved making an, like an automatic dog feeder. Uh, but in order to do that, I had to go uh, to James Kochalka's house so that he could teach me how to do the like arcade game ROM hack that was necessary to power the automatic dog food dispenser. Well, sure. I was freaking out because, like, I have a lot of I have a lot of dreams like this where I like something is about to die because I've forgotten to feed it for like a week. Um, and it's never it never does. I never have a dream that something did die because I didn't take good enough care of it. But I have a lot of dreams about things like oh fuck and going out and then seeing you know. And I think this is just because I'm suddenly like. I have the additional mouths to feed from the chickens, and I probably feel a little guilty about the one that did die. Right. Um, but it's not always chickens in the dreams. Sometimes it is, but a lot of times it's like a dog. It's like, oh, right, fuck, I got a dog, and then I went out of town for a week and totally forgot that I had a dog, and I didn't feed it. And so now it's like this creepy dog skeleton. But it's still alive. <laughs> I guess we can recover from this. I had, It speaks well for you how badly you felt about that chicken. I feel like. I mean, yeah, I, I, it just feels like, you know, I felt a little irresponsible. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I guess that means that I will feel bad if I have a baby and then he dies from eating a piece of broken glass. Right. <clears throat> I actually had dreams with the newborn baby that, like, for example, giving him a bath and he just got smaller and smaller and smaller until he went down the drain. Oh, yeah. So that's fun. That, that's a whole new world of freaking out about stuff. Yeah, that's got to be, that's got to be rough. Ernie Q writes, thanks for the new clan dungeon. It's lots of fun. I asked about this some time ago, but I thought I'd repeat the request now. Could we get pagination of clan dungeon logs? My clan has done about 2,000 runs since 2008 when Hobopolis was released, and that page is massively long. Even if they were put into pages by year, it would be some help. Uh, yeah, yes you can, earlier today. Zombie Feynman says, just wanted to let you know that the wizard staff has quickly become my favorite joke in KOL. The whole clan dungeon this Halloween has been awesome content, and you should all be super proud. I was about to read that as, you should all be super period. Like, ah, <laughs> uh, we all got our super period this week. It's going uh, to be a grisly scene for a while. Uh, that said, an excellent way to troll the part of your user base who likes to complain about everything would be a trophy based on staff link, or a staff linked leaderboard. I'd support you wholly in this decision, and I'd enjoy knowing empirically that my staff is bigger than Stupox, for example. So, yeah, wait, can you add to your wizard staff? Yes. That is if right. you have it equipped and you drink cans of beer. That's awesome. You can, yeah. This game is, uh, this game rules. Yeah, yeah. I was pretty, I was pretty happy with that, uh, with that mechanic. Because um, it's like, you know, nobody's going to do it seriously and break anything, right? So it's just like, oh, yeah, why not? You, you jiggle it and it consumes some of the cans in an explosion of leftover beer. Oh, neat. Uh, let's see. 
An excellent way to troll. Yeah, Ligorio uh, continues that uh, post from Feynman. An excellent way to troll the part of your user base who likes to complain about everything would be dot 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 non-scaling limited time content only accessible from a clan that costs quite a bit of meat to partake in. Oh, um, Gatch agrees about the uh, Wizard Staff trophy. Probably not going to do that trophy. Uh, regarding Haunted House leaderboards, says SF Warlock, would you consider making limited time dungeon leaderboards 20 fastest clans, not 20 fastest runs, the same way the challenge path leaderboards behave, basically? That is not a bad idea um, for something like that. Have it only show you the fastest run by one clan. I would not be totally averse to the other leaderboards working like that, because I feel like they get kind of static at times. I don't know if those runs ever expire. Do they? Do you know if the clan speed leaderboards roll over the way that regular speed leaderboards do? No, I don't know that. Huh. Well, maybe somebody else does. Uh, personally, says Orbrisa, I love the way Otori is marking their territory all over that board. Yeah, that's. Um, I am a little torn because it is also cool if one clan gets really good at it that you can see their name up there a bunch of times, right? Because that says some stuff that a single fast one doesn't say. Um... Pippi says, what was the point of the Necronomicon being dungeon loot yet still being tradable? Also, why can you only get one wizard staff per player? Excellent questions, both. Uh, the Necronomicon being tradable was to ensure that there would be enough of them in the game for anybody who wants one from now on. Um, you know, maybe this proves to not always be the case, uh, but I think that in general, a limited time skill book. I want to make it tradable so that down the road, if that skill becomes important for something, that people can still get it. Uh, you know, it might be, it might end up being something like the autobiography of Dynamite Superman Jones, where it gets expensive. Um, but that's why it's tradable. And the reason that you can only get one wizard staff for player is because uh, it allows me to do the stacking the cans on it thing in a way that makes sense. Um, which I could not do if you had more than one of them. So, although, you know, what you could do is auto-sell it and then get another one, and it would still have the, uh, still have the cans on it that were stuck to the old one. Hmm. But whatever. It's like the same reason you can only get one of, like, Oscus's never-ending soda. Like, a thing that you can only use one of a day, there's not really a good way to do that that explains why you can't drink two of them. Right? I mean, we could just make something up, but... This way, you're prohibited from thinking, oh man, Oscus's never-ending soda is awesome. I should get 10 of those so that I can have all this free MP every day. And then you get the second one and it doesn't work. And you're like, what the fuck? I'm sad. <laughs> uh, so then this devolves into this argument. Uh, raises a point I'd like to comment on, says Feynman. If you're not already in a clan to experience the clan dungeon content, then I don't see why you've got room to complain about missing clan dungeon combat. I.e., if you've never expressed interest in A, then you have no room to complain when something additional happens to A. The regular clan dungeon content is awesome by itself, and it's easy access for anyone. Many clans will accept anybody who applies and have regulations regarding dungeon content that make it fair for everyone. It's not that content is meant to be, or rather, it's not content that is meant to be soloable. Whether or not it's possible to run a solo is a separate issue, or else it would have been a new zone. Well, that's not necessarily true. I mean, it is meant to be soloable, and, you know... I think... It's friendly enough of us to make it possible to do it solo. So you're not forcing anybody to join a clan. And it makes sense to me that if you do it solo, you get fewer rewards. And it seems, it seems like an unreasonable thing to say, 
I want to do this group content. We're like, fine. I want to do it by myself. Fine. I want to get all of the things out of it in a short period of time, and that's not possible, so I'm pissed. It's like, I, I have to stop you there. I understand that you're upset that there are things that you can't get at, but, eh, have you... I don't know. I, it always, to me, it always comes down to the, like you have a conflicting set of desires, and that is not our problem. Yeah, it's. I mean, you would argue, you could argue that, you know, we could do something that no one would complain about, right? And that that thing would maybe be better because no one would be unhappy about it. I don't know that it's actually possible for us to do something that no one would complain about, like. If this had just been a zone and it was only for you, right? I mean, the the thing about a clan dungeon is that there it is a, a thing with an easy mechanism for you to be able to do and repeat as many times as you want, as many times as you can spend the turns and the and the and the resources to do it without having to ascend every time, right? And the mechanism for repeatability of solo content is ascension. The mechanism for repeatability of this group content is just resetting it. Um, you know, and we could do a thing where it's solo content that works like a dungeon that you can reset. Kind of the entire game is like that. It's just that the reset button is is difficult to push for a lot of people, um, and is involved. You know, but we didn't. You know, we decided to put this in as the kind of thing that we wanted it to be, which was a clan dungeon. And I I think it is a little. It's not even. It's not disingenuous because I don't think you're being disingenuous, Zombie Fanyman. But to say like. It's not fair. You can't complain about clan dungeons if you don't care about clan dungeons. Well, if you care about familiars, you could complain about a familiar that you can only get in a clan dungeon, right? Like the, the fact that you don't care about clan dungeons doesn't mean that you're not entitled to be annoyed at us for putting something in a clan dungeon that you want, right? right. So, <clears throat> yeah, uh, you know. The speed drop in this is extremely friendly. The ones in Hobopolis are extremely unfriendly, and nobody seems to care about that. And I think that it is just because... I mean, I guess people do complain. People have complained about there being stuff that you can only get in Hobopolis if you have a really tightly coordinated clan. I think we're just less likely to hear complaints about that because you can always say, well, theoretically, someday, if I want this bad enough, I will jump through the hoops that I have to jump through to get it. And you can't say that with this because it won't be there in the future. And so that's what gets people. And it's awfully run. fun to see the uh, people complaining about the idea that we would make it recurring. Are people complaining about us making it recurring? The idea of it. I saw at least some, at least one person say, "No, don't <clears throat> make it recurring. That's temporary content, and it would cheapen it to have it recur." I mean, I agree with that person, right? And right. so, uh, like. You know, we 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 will talk about this. We we uh, you know. I don't know. It, it's it's a good question, right? Like nobody is arguing for it to be available all the time, right? Or is are there people who are arguing for just leaving it there all the time? I doubt it. If they were, I would say no. Um. And, you know, most of my arguments against having it recur are arguments against leaving it there all the time because it's not it's not good enough to be a permanent fixture in the basement. Right. Not that it is bad. It is not fully developed enough to be a permanent fixture in the basement. Um, 
But, you know, I, I don't know how to feel about that, right? Because, like, a thing that you have to be there for that only happens once is very appealing to me, but maybe it's one of those things like, you know, the Ascension variant puzzle that's a lot more interesting to a designer up his own ass than it is to a person in the trenches actually playing the game, hmm. right? It, this could be one of the things that straddles that boundary, you know? Who knows? Are the people saying it would cheapen it to have it recur just sycophants who heard me say that? Or do they believe that? Is that a real is that a real impulse that genuinely gives it value for people if it's if it's done that way? And um, I, you know. With with only words to communicate with, what can you really know, Mr. Yeah, Skullhead? Right. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, people talking, people talking. Uh, Casey Wiederman says, Dear Chicken Scully, do you think you'll ever make a serious game with serious themes? Not that there's anything wrong with Goofy, but do you ever get the urge to do something that isn't? If you did make a serious game, what would it look like? Not just to clarify, I don't mean in terms of effort. I know you guys put a lot of serious effort into making KOL. I don't know. I, I have a hard time doing anything serious. I think it would be so hard to not be self-aware at this stage of the game like every time I see a pretentious indie game I just think god if I tried to do something like that I would end up making it a joke about me being up my own ass you know yeah I mean I like that I like that serious things exist and I don't think I need to be the guy that's making them I mean with Word Realms it's been interesting trying to go for a different tone right because we can't I want to see if we can be funny without relying on absurdity, I guess, uh-huh. is is what I'm hoping to do there. Because it's definitely more of a more of a serious thing. I mean, the, the, the tone of KOL is great, but it is a result of it being a thing that was slapped together very hastily, you know? Right. Um, and the tone allowed it to be amalgamated upon very hastily. Right. Um, you know, which was great and has made it what it is and has given us our, our careers and a lifetime of accomplishment, you know. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm curious. I want to see what happens with issues like three through six of the comic book because there are moments in there that... <clears throat> are definitely intended to be kind of serious and emotional, but smack dab in the middle of everything being absurd. Right. So it'll be interesting to see if somebody gets the same, like, little sniffle that I got when I wrote something, or if it'll just come across as as sarcastic. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I I think it's easy to get... It's easy to start using the silliness as a crutch Mm -hmm. to avoid developing a character or a story right and and because I don't tend to write stuff that's character and story focused I write stuff that's like gag focused um yeah it it would be difficult in KOL to write something that was intended to make somebody cry or have a deep thought or something because that's just not the way that it's built yeah although uh, you know I mean I could imagine I I mean kind of every time I write 
somebody saying something, it's just me saying it. Right. You know, I like sometimes I have a silly accent or whatever, but like I've always found it very difficult to like actually envision a situation and stuff happening in it. And so that's not the kind of writing that I'm good at. But I could, you know, Douglas Adams was being very silly in writing stuff, but a silly character in a silly situation, you know, sort of observing how tiny you are in the grand scale of the universe is still observing how tiny you are in the grand scale of the universe, right? So, like, I don't, I don't think that it is impossible to provoke a deep thought. Yeah. In a, in a silly context, it's, it, it is not, I think, advisable for that to be your goal uh, in general. Yeah. Terry Pratchett is surprisingly good at getting moments of really insightful character stuff in the middle of things that are patently ridiculous. Although, you know, nobody really picked up on the dealing with father issues that happens in the level 11 quest. That was, I think, an example of us trying to put in some very serious subtext that nobody really picked up on. Are you being serious or no? No, I'm fucking around. Okay. I was saying, I don't think I really did any of that. <laughs> well, your father is missing, and the only way that you can connect with this absentee parent figure is by solving this puzzle that he could never solve. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure, fair enough. Um, I mean, I guess in a way, a KOL is entirely, for me, an expression of father issues, right? Yeah, exactly. It, in a lot of ways. In the like, well, fuck, I guess I better do something with my life before it's just over. Fuck. As that, that is pretty much the, the fundamental expression of everything I've ever done creatively that anyone's ever seen. Fuck, we're all going to die. Fuck. Exactly. So there you go. Uh, Jin Sengi says Chick, any thoughts on a Mr. Store item that reverses familiars being bound or perhaps a yearly day when certain non-tradables become tradable to help encourage meat flow uh, any new clan VIP lounge items coming up soon love the new Halloween content oh I bet there's I bet there will be a VIP lounge Mr. Store item in the first half of 2012 if I had to put a guess on it um, every time we have suggested the idea of an item no matter how rare or difficult to get the reverse is a familiar being bound we are we are start to fear for being run out of the administration of this game on a rail right um it proposing it as an ultra rare proposing it as a consumable ultra rare in some out of the way zone a thing that would let you pull a familiar out of a terrarium and put it back in a hatchling form was just universally derided by everyone on dev is just a terrible terrible idea um from like every direction at once from every perspective and from every play style it was like fuck no you can't do that like uh okay (laughs) guess guess we can't do that um you know it's you know me and you know that if there's one thing that tends to create resentment in me more than anything else it is a sacred cow um but you know I'm not gonna sit there under any circumstances and say that 
I am right and everyone else is wrong. Right? Like, that's... Yeah. I don't have that in me. Everybody can't be wrong. Literally, everybody can't be wrong. Millions of Michael Jackson fans. Right. Millions of Elvis fans can't be wrong about Michael Jackson. Yeah. Uh, the postman says any plans slash possibilities on making the previous dungeon runs available to download as text files in a zip or something similar for people to look at them uh, suggestion would be group by dungeon either that or can you make a business intelligence interface in the clan dungeon okay thanks business intelligence I found out about um, the existence of business intelligence departments at companies and how they're like basically like what you mean by intelligence in like a spy context like this is somebody whose job it is to know what other companies are up to what's going on in the environment that might have an impact on these things that's crazy how is that even a thing I guess it makes sense Galapagos James says dear Jake is this still the sinister start of instances of the necromantic arts being used? Corman, the necromancer, who's next? The naughty sorceress herself? Will it be a climactic battle as a quest is ripped apart, skeletons everywhere, and finally a sweet sword for our efforts? So my real question is, is this an intentional theme you're following along with, or just, that sounds Halloween theme? Because the use of skeleton hordes and undead seem to fit the themes of the previous few world events. It'd be interesting to see this follow through on further events and holidays until eventually the theme is boring for you and we finally get that sweet sword. That sweet sword you keep taunting us with. Taunting. Or perhaps teasing. Mr. Skullhead, is Jake a sword tease? Aha. No, he uh, he goes all out. He doesn't tease. Um, he promises. I, you know, I like, I like skeletons, and it has become funny to talk about skeletons a lot. The reason that there were skeletons in... I mean, apart from the, the sorority sister skeletons, just that's just very much because it's a Halloween thing, but the reason that there was that big group of skeletons is because, like, oh, yeah, we got these big group of skeletons mechanics. Let's play with those as part of this boss fight. Like, the gimmick from this is that you need some stuff from the previous event in order to, to easily kill or, or, you know, as it turns out, some other random, pretty easy ways of killing them, I guess. Uh, we didn't want to make it too hard. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, skeletons. I like killing skeletons in video games. So uh, it's adorable that you think that we planned it out that far. Yeah. Uh, Saiki says, Jick, you know that my regard for you consists of nothing but professional admiration and a chaste schoolgirl crush. But if that weren't the case, I might comment that somebody in chat linked to a picture of you wearing a black dress and a pink wig, and well, wow. Don't worry, though. That would probably embarrass you and make me look like a creep, so I wouldn't dream of saying so. Especially not in a public forum like this or anywhere where you might end up reading that out loud or anything. Hearts and rainbows, Psyche. Uh, keep in mind that that picture of me was almost 20 years ago. That wasn't almost 20 years ago. It was maybe 15 years ago? Yeah. That was 11 years ago. Or 12 years ago. I don't remember. It was definitely after I got my tits. You wouldn't say that you're embarrassed by that picture, would you? No, I'm not. I, you know, I wouldn't have, I think, scanned it and put it on a web share that I owned and linked to it in Lounge all of those years ago if I had been embarrassed by it. I mean, it was a costume. I dressed up in drag for a costume party, and the girl that I was kind of halfway seeing at the time got pretty enthusiastic about it and I was sort of pretty enthusiastic about letting her do whatever she wanted so I overdid it a little and so there's this really sweet picture of me in drag um but no no I'm, I'm pretty confident that I'm not actually a woman trapped in a man's body yeah so I have no shame in wearing the suit for a while yeah I wouldn't call that a man's body 
Dear Jake, says Triskelion, I remember that you said once that the ultimate goal you had in mind was to have quests for level 13 and 14 and bump the naughty sorcerers up to be fought at level 15. Is this still a goal, or has that changed? Yeah, there, I mean, I keep saying that I'm not going to do that, and people keep asking. Uh, Bobble says, Mr. Scullet, you always seem to have a hookah going during your many podcasts. What flavor slash brand of tobacco are you smoking? Uh, usually it's some flavor of Starbuzz tobacco. Uh, this particular one is... Uh, some other brand that was on sale so I feel like a cinnamon and cherry sometimes it's a chocolate mint sometimes it's random mixes of flavors yeah you you seem to be fond of the the blend yeah most of the other people I know who smoke the hookah only smoke the cheap the cheap stuff that's a harsher smoke because they prefer that and they only smoke the mint flavor of that which when I try it it just sends a power drill up into my sinuses and gives me a headache almost instantly so I like the more really sticky wet tobacco that and sweet flavors yeah I think I would always tend to go for a for a cherry or a, a fruity kind I I don't know for whatever reason like vanilla or chocolate strike me as weird flavors for that it's like i want it to be really synthetic seeming uh-huh. and i don't know i don't know why um <clears throat> i i don't think that i have smoked a hookah since the last time you came out here and we smoked a hookah because we did it like three days in a row and i ended up feeling kind of crappy right in my in my chest area as a result of that and so i think that kind of put me off of it it's like i woke up after the you know on the fourth day thinking like man this is what I used to feel like when I woke up after I smoked a lot of cigarettes. Like, right. I don't like that. I gotta stop that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of effort. There's a lot of cleanup to be done with that thing. Sure. You know, mine's kind of complicated and hard to clean. <laughs> so that weirds me out a little bit. Right. Uh, Freakyphobic444 says I have two questions One We have a list of favorite food and booze All over Ascension Over all Ascensions in our profile Why not Spleen? Any chance that there will ever be one? I don't know that that's tracked I guess it might be Uh, Two Is there any way to display the lowest basement level Ever achieved in our other accomplishments? It'd be nice for bragging rights And I'm just plain curious what mine is Every time I look in the other accomplishments Like today When I added the lines for the Challenge path leaderboard token Commendation things I see something about pre-NS13 basement runs that we were storing for whatever reason. And I don't know if we have a current one or like a lifetime one that we store somewhere. It seems like we would. It seems like that would be a thing in other accomplishments, like your lifetime deepest basement dive. About the spleen, listing the favorite spleen items, like... I don't like drawing to it. I don't like drawing attention to the fact that spleen items are a thing because they are only a thing as like a weird limiter for a category of items that we decided should be limited and there's not really any thematic umbrella that they belong under. Right. And yeah, I don't know. I kind of wish they weren't a thing. A uh, Linguini Lad says, if I were to fight a copied zombie from the haunted house after the Halloween event is over and I yellow ray it, will it drop everything? If not, what was the reasoning for this? That's what the fax machine is for, isn't it? I thought it was for fighting monsters from world events and being able to yellow ray all their drops. Well, it wasn't about being able to yellow ray all of their drops. I mean, 
because putty existed for years before yellow rays did um also when i use release the boots on monsters in there they give gooey paste why is that was it an oversight uh the ghost should drop ectoplasm paste instead of gooey paste yeah i think i just forgot to mark them all as undead um or, or whatever they were or orcs I mean I guess that's the thing they, these guys kind of span a lot of categories I don't know on the yellow ray thing people are also asking like what is going to happen when this dungeon closes with the instances of it that are kept open huh. and I gotta say it bugs me a little bit the idea of people making 50 clans and opening this dungeon so that they can like charge people for access to it later and I also kind of wanted to be able to reuse some of the database space that this occupies, like the chat channel and stuff, because that is a pain in the ass. Um, and so that might get a little weird, and I might get a hanker and to close open copies of it after a while. But I might not do that. I might not get around to it. People might convince me that I shouldn't do it. So I don't know. What they drop when you yellow ray them is going to depend on the state of the current clan you're in's clan flags in whatever open copy of that dungeon that there is. I think what I might do is just remove the top tier drops from them hmm. in their puttied forms. Um, I hadn't really thought about Yellow Ray. The first time somebody was like, oh yeah, Yellow Ray one of the monsters in there and it dropped everything, I was like, damn, that's... I wish I had prevented that from working. You know, I don't know why. Maybe I'm just being a dick. That's usually what's happening. Uh, Moon Goyal says, Is there any chance we can get the character paint to show the name of the custom outfit we're wearing? Like in the same way it shows outfit, colon, time trappings? Um, I don't know about that, because you could be wearing multiples, right? Like there's nothing that stops you from having one more than one custom outfit on at a time because you could have a custom outfit that's just a hat and you could have a custom outfit that's just a sword yeah I can see why you want that so you'd know at a glance whether you've got all the pieces of your whatever you know your rollover outfit on right I will look into that I'll think about it Deathless Assassin writes, any chance you'll consider giving people the ability to remove their name from a whitelist? After all the clan hopping that's going on due to plastic fangs, it'd be great to be able to cull the clans you're whitelisted to instead of having to K-mail clan leaders, especially because so many clan leaders are placeholder accounts that don't respond to K-mails. How do you feel about that, Mr. Skullhead? Yeah. 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 I mean, it wouldn't hurt anything. Yeah. It's just, it's a little weird. I don't know. It seems like it would... Be an opportunity to create some drama, right? Like removing yourself from a clan whitelist from a clan that you, you know, had a falling out with, and then they put you back on it, and then you remove yourself, and they put you back on it, and you remove yourself, kind of thing. Which right now just can't, you know, that can only go one direction. It's like the same reason people want a notification when they get removed from a whitelist or whatever, and or removed from a contact list. It's just like, no, come on. You just want drama. And we don't want no drama. Yeah. That said, uh, I thought it was pretty funny when that guy made copies of Alliance from Hell with every combination of lowercase L's and capital I's and then whitelisted everyone from Alliance from Hell <laughs> so they wouldn't know which clan to, to go back into. Um, and, you know, that was funny, and I went in and I fixed it, and, and you know, whatever. Like, 
I, I don't. It's not a widespread enough practice that it needs a mechanism in place to deal with it, other than just dealing with it when it happens. But this would have been useful for those people, I guess. Yeah. Seabrook says, "Dear Jick, Clan wonders as to the nature of the favoritism towards holder of secrets. Is he a real life awesome buddy or something like that? I don't know that there is any." demonstrated favoritism toward holder of secrets when he asks me to send him stuff i do oh yeah so like things that are untradeable things that go away on use oh okay i didn't know i didn't know that he like i I have not interacted with that account in a really long uh, time I mean, i won't say who he is but he is a guy that has been around for an incredibly long time and does have a position of trust and has been on this mission to collect every item in the game since the you know for seven years now so when he writes me to say he would like to have x and y items that he's missing i will send them to him yeah and you know that's not available to everybody else and i think it's okay that there's just one person that gets to do that yeah and he's not gonna like sell shit in the mall you know I mean that's not what it's for right so it's not like he's getting a getting a significant advantage over anybody else I guess yeah yeah I don't know Andy Zero says Clan Dungeon is awesome no complaints question how will it go away November 1st just not there anymore will it stay open for one last run if nobody's beat that run's necromancer yet kind of finished now after myself and my clannies have all the equipment and all the drops from the monsters is it safe to ascend will there be a finale on October 31st I don't want uh, one day content to occur that's totally unique and I'm low leveler in Ronin not begging for more just want to know um, I don't think anything happens that won't recur on the normal trick-or-treating holiday, right? So I think you're safe to ascend. Um, there's not, there's not going to be anything in the dungeon that's new. It, it is going to be in its current state until it, until it goes away. Right. Uh, goes away however it goes away. You know, I don't... I don't I don't know. I don't know what the right way to, to deal with it is. Like, there is there is some point on this graph of, like, giant pain in the ass versus, like, PR acceptability that, you know, what was that to pick? Draco Cracona says, You've talked about how early players breaking the game helped improve your code, and I've been wondering for a while about how you view people doing similar things now. Do you think it's acceptable for people to try to break the game via URL manipulation, etc.? I'm talking about things like the casual Bad Moon run that was done, or using URL injection to work out what item numbers are used, if they're weapons, equipment, etc. Does this differ for images people find via similar methods on the image server? Because I remember you getting quite annoyed about that. Okay, so there's a couple things. Like, finding out item numbers just so that you have like insider information that you can lord over other people I think is kind of a dick move and I would not encourage people to do that the URL manipulation I want people who have the best interest of the game in mind to be poking around at the same level as the people who don't right so like yes I'm glad that that casual bad moon run thing was done and that we were told about it so that we could plug it up right like I'm not upset with the guy who did that because he told us about it told us how he did it and it allowed us to to fix a hole um you know and so that's that's great we absolutely encourage stuff like that uh the image server thing 
the thing that pissed me off about that was that I'm pretty sure that the way that that was done was just somebody wrote a script to generate every possible string of text and then requested all of those strings from the image server, just generating millions and millions of additional server hits for no good reason. And that upsets me a little bit. Like, just writing a script to generate web requests as fast as it is possible to write web requests, like, that's not like a cool prank, that's a denial of service attack. Right? right? And it's not in the spirit of a destructive denial of service attack, but it's also not in the spirit of anything that is like worth doing to the point that you should use up the resources that you're using by doing it. So, you know, I mean, there's nothing we can do about it except complain, but we can do that. Online Diner says, Jake, when you do remake the Naughty Sorceress quest, please make it so there are still gates, a courtyard, and a tower. Just thematically. Thank you. Yeah, you think that's important? Huh. <coughs> I suppose. Mez592 says, Hey guys, would you ever sell this game to another company? Uh, if so, how much would they have to give you for it? I don't think I would. No. I don't I don't want to lose creative control over it, and I don't think any... I mean, I have, I have enough money right I mean I you know I might change my tune down the road if that's not the case anymore but like I live really comfortably and we're all you know we all have enough money to live on and it's you know we're fine like yeah I don't know I get in trouble with that question yeah because you you, you would sell it for a billion dollars well yeah because there is an amount of money that I would sell it for yeah and I know that there isn't one that you would sell it for but in, in my defense, as usual, it is an amount of money that no one would ever pay for it. Sure. I mean, and I, and I don't know that if somebody said, I will give you a billion dollars for this, that I would be able to say no. I mean, because if my goal is to make people happy, I think that I could make more people happy with a billion dollars to spend making, uh, you know, a new game and, like, personally sending everyone who has ever played KOL $5 to come try it out. You know, like... Right. Uh, we we could get some really bitching year end bonuses, and then sure. we could all sit down and write Kingdom of Loathing two as an HD app for a universal app for iPad and iPod and Android, and uh, and and web, and the world would be a better place. The web, the the world's wide's webs. Uh, the Dog Delusion says, Hey guys, what are the drinks of choice for all the staff members? Given the game's emphasis on cocktail making, has anybody invented a cocktail named after any of you guys? If you had a cocktail named after you, what kind of cocktail would you want it to be? Fruity? Bitter? Dirty? Served with a tiny plastic sword? Uh, bitter and dirty for me. Yeah. Dirty and fruity for Mr. Skullhead. There you go. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What's your, what's your drink of choice? I'm, I'm a purist. I drink beer and plain whiskey. Uh, my my experimentation with mixed drinks is usually done for the sake of advice hot dog I've been like me and the gin and tonic have been close friends ever since I started drinking them in earnest I mean, yeah. when I'm buying something for like an evening of drinking it's usually a bottle of gin and a bottle of tonic water yeah I, uh, I had a uh, I had a dirty martini and a and a Manhattan uh, on two different nights at BlizzCon, just because I was in a I was in a bar that seemed like they had bartenders that knew what they were doing. I mean, a Manhattan is more or less just whiskey with a little bit of sweetener added to it, and a dirty martini is more or less just gin with a little bit of salty added to it. Right. Um, so those are those are fairly elementary cocktails. 
as far as I'm concerned. I'm not like a big fruity drinks guy. Yeah. Like I kind of don't actually like them. It's not that I'm uh, philosophically opposed to them. Uh, it's just that like if I'm drinking, I don't want to drink, you know, a shot of rum and 30 ounces of fruit juice. Uh-huh. Um, and the and the strong tiki style drinks, I just don't think taste very good. And I always kind of get in trouble when I drink them. I'm also somebody who, like, every time a new drink comes out that's a non-alcoholic drink, I have to try it. So if I'm in a bar with a bunch of people, I'll probably look at, at the menu and order something weird if something weird is to be had. Yeah. I do that every once in a while. If, if it's something weird that I think everybody else would be grossed out by... Right, uh-huh. like the thing that they put on the menu, expecting no one to ever order it because it's like an unusual combination of things or whatever. I'm usually willing to try it. Sure. Um, you know, and sometimes it pays off. Like every time I go to that uh, Blue Point restaurant in San Diego, there's a martini they have that's like really cloudy with like disintegrating blue cheese because they make it with blue cheese stuffed olives. Ooh. And it's fucking good. Like I got it thinking like, oh man, that's probably that's probably pretty weird. I should give that a try. And I did and I was like, wow, I really, really enjoy this. <laughs> so now even though it's not on the menu anymore, I can always still get them to make it for me. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Are we done? Is it is it time? Oh, it is time. Look at that. Yikes. Sure. Uh we'll uh we'll see you next week on Halloween. Spooky. Yeah.